When someone asks, what do you do, they're not secretly asking, hey, would you sell me really hard right now? But we act like that is exactly the question they just hit us with. An elevator speech is not the same thing as an elevator pitch. An elevator pitch is an obvious selling spiel delivered to someone who knows that they are being sold to, and if that pitch goes well, might actually buy. In the starkest possible contrast, an elevator speech is a response given to a person curious about you since they found you to be more interesting than they had initially expected. Yeah, big difference. So why do way too many people give pitches instead of speeches? It's because they've carefully but mistakenly built their answer on a flawed premise. And they got that premise from the so-called experts. In every single elevator speech system, model, process, or article you read, you will find one specific example held out as the gold standard of what to do. You know where this is heading, right? The CEO in the elevator scenario. We are all led to believe that your elevator speech was crafted and rehearsed for just such a moment. You enter an elevator in a tall downtown office building. Inside, you are shocked to discover, is the CEO of the very company headquartered in this building. He or she turns to you and says something to the effect of, I might be able to use your service. Tell you what, you have until we reach the 23rd floor to convince me. Go. And in these so-called experts' elevator speech systems, that's exactly what you do. You talk rapidly, continuously, and without pauses until, ding, the 23rd floor is reached. The CEO exits the elevator pauses, and just as the doors begin to close, blocks them open. Send me a contract by the end of the day and I'll sign it. Clunk. The doors close, and thus ends the successful elevator speech. This is a fantastic example that will never happen to you. I mean, come on, this just doesn't pass the reality test. For starters, does the CEO already know you? Let's say no then why would he or she suddenly start talking to you? More likely, this scenario would require you to spontaneously recognize the CEO and then verbally assault him or her with your unsolicited pitch. This, in turn, would generate lots of nervous, polite nodding and then a hasty exit at the next stop, or the CEO calling security and having you forcibly removed from the building. But let's shift our assumptions. Let's presume that the CEO already knows you and even likes or trusts you. What are the odds, really, that he or she is going to be inspired in an elevator to have you frantically give a pitch for about 30 seconds on which some huge business decision is required and then refuse to take a meeting or a proposal if you didn't make a huge impression right then and there? Deals aren't done in elevators. People simply stare at the floor numbers in elevators. So it's clear that the CEO in the elevator scenario is a flawed premise for basing your elevator speech approach on. What then is a valid premise? Advertising. My model for an elevator speech is based on what I learned in my years in advertising. Here's why. When you pick up section A of a newspaper or you pull up the homepage of a news website, are you looking forward to reading the ads? Are you in fact purposely looking at them? Of course not. You have zero interest in the ads. In fact, you've trained your eyes to ignore them, to skim right on by without them even registering on your brain. But advertisers know there is always the potential for you to be interested in their product or service. So the smart ones craft their ads accordingly. So let's imagine that you are scanning the articles in Section A of your local newspaper or at CNN.com. And over on the right side, there's an ad for a completely fictitious company we'll call, 
I don't know, um, AT&Ts. Yep, totally made up. Now, the most important thing in an ad is what? The headline. And what is its job? To stop you. It doesn't tell you the story. In fact, it might even just tease you a little. It has one job only, and that is to make your eyes stop. A good headline example from our fictitious company is free wireless for your iPhone 5G for a year. Bam! That gets you to stop and think, what is that about? It's not something you've heard before and you're curious. Now, what's the job of the sub-headline? To make you keep reading. To pay off the headline. To show what was just shared in the headline makes sense. In our example, that sub-headline would be something like, Make no payments on your calling plan for 12 months with a 10-year contract. Ah, okay, now you know the core story. It's free because of the huge contract length, right? Now, most...